Hey, it's Timmy Whispers from Stacey King's Give Me the Hot Sauce podcast. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track, all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads, three-year, 30,000-mile complimentary maintenance, and America's best warranty ensure you can take on any adventure. I'm planning on going river rafting this weekend, and I'm ready to head out on the trails with all-wheel drive. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. America's best warranty claim based on total package of warranty programs. See dealer for limited warranty details. Complimentary maintenance included Hyundai approved oil and oil filter change, except for electric vehicles and fuel cell electric vehicles, plus tire rotation, normal factory schedule maintenance intervals for three years or 36,000 miles, whichever comes first. More frequent maintenance due to severe driving conditions or conditions is excluded. Offer valid only for new 2020 or 2024 Hyundai models purchased or leased on or after February 1st, 2020. See your Hyundai dealer for further details and limitations. Hi, Timmy Whispers here from Gimme the Hot Sauce Podcast. The two-way V4 features groundbreaking use of fuel cell technology with fresh foam, creating the ultimate combination of rebound and cushioning. Fuel cell gives you the ultimate energy return, ensuring every step feels explosive and dynamic. Fresh foam offers unparalleled cushioning for maximum comfort for the entire game. The upper construction features a lightweight textile that reduces weight while remaining supportive and breathable. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way at newbalance.com. On a brand new edition of Gimme the Hot Sauce, former Bulls guard Bobby Hansis tells us the story about the time Stacey King told Michael Jordan to grab some bench. We were down, watch Stacey 15. Jordan wasn't playing very well. And Stacey's on the bench. He's yelling down at Phil. Get him out of there. Get him. That's terrible. That's a true story. Wow. I'm like, what the heck? He's yelling at Phil Jackson. Get him out of there. And it's the biggest story from Super Bowl 55. Tony Romo with a bathroom mishap. Yes, I, I, here's one piece Did he of not advice. Get the memo? No, here's the one piece of advice I'm gonna give to Tony Romo. Okay, invest in astronaut diapers. Okay. Hey, we've reached a milestone on Give Me the Hot Sauce. This is episode 15 coming at you. Hard Ooh, to believe we just started what? this project about four months ago. We are in multiple countries. We had a record for listens last week. We want to thank each and every one of you. Hope you listen and subscribe on your favorite podcast carrier to Stacy King's Give Me the Hot Sauce. And the man is in the house, Stacy King, National Pizza Day. We were all snacking down before we started recording today. Stacy, where's your favorite pizza place? Oh, man, I would probably say uh, Lou Malnati's. That's my favorite. Being in Chicago, you know, transported from Oklahoma. That was mm-hmm. the first pizza I ever ate. But that's not what you're eating tonight. Yeah. <laughs> hey, we're trying to get an endorsement deal, Mark. Way to just ruin that, okay? I'm trying to get an endorsement deal with Lou Malnati, and you're going to try to just just spoil it. Are you a deep dish guy, Chicago style? or you Tavern style? Yes, Chicago style. Yeah. Okay. What pizza did we have tonight? Moretti's. That's actually your oh, favorite. It's hey, a- hey, listen, Tim, 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 I'm trying to get an endorsement deal with yeah. Lou Malnati. Don't say Moretti's my favorite. Moretti's may spend a little coin, too. 
Yeah. You know, Moretti's is pretty damn good. There you go. <laughs> like, yeah, I'm saying. A, I think I like Moretti's. They, great pepperoni pizza. I've mm. been to their little, their, you know, the pizza place around the corner in Barrington. We've had some beers at the bar. Yeah, their hundies are green too. Yes, yes, yes. You know, they they do they do endorsements too. So yeah, I think Moretti's might be my favorite. I think this is an NBA <laughs> show, not a Food Network show. So, so can hey, we get to the NBA? So, so Timmy Whisper stepping up very early in the show. Sometimes <laughs> sometimes you gotta wait. It seems like hours to hear from Timmy. But yeah. I'm terrified of the new crickets button. <laughs> hey, what happened to the kegs? We're drinking out of bottles tonight. Um, oh, we got the real stuff tonight. Here. We got the real oh. stuff tonight. Yeah. We got we got Stella's. Okay, I've been asking for Stella's <laughs> for the longest. But good. instead Aldi of that Aldi brew. But you know what? He gave me he gave me the Aldi brew called Steve's. <laughs> Steve's. Not Stella's, he gave me Steve's. And now we got Stella. This is the classic beer right here. It's a Belgian beer if you don't know, but I'm sure all the listeners lo- know about Stella. Well, here's my answer for that. <laughs> oh boy. Okay, so we, we got a new soundboard right now, and Timmy Whispers has figured out how to hit certain buttons. It's always dangerous when we decide to tape these things later in the evening instead of in the afternoon. Oh because, my uh, goodness. Then the beer is flowing, and it was to mention National Pizza Day. Southside Sue is in the house, and our, our buddy Rich Wyatt is here to help us with uh, with our audio issues, which uh, we've resolved with Stacy's new audio board. We are into the uh, modern era right now. We, <laughs> we, have, we have left the Flintstones and we are now in the Jetson era. Hey, as Joe okay. Walsh says, I'm an analog man. Uh, well, yeah, we can tell. Hey, hit a button. Hit a button. Maybe, well, give me a funny button over there for, for that comment. It's got to be there somewhere. <laughs> okay, here's, we have the fake crowd laughing. They all just left the show. There's no one laughing anymore. Hey, coming up on the show, we're going to go in the Wayback Machine, bring back another one of Stacy's former teammates, Bobby Hansen, one of the stars of that miraculous Game 6 comeback in the 1992 Finals against the Portland Trailblazers. Who will ever forget the Bulls dancing on the scorer's table? That was that was fun. Winning the first one in L.A. was nice, but in front of the home fans, that was special. Yeah, anytime you can win a championship in front of your fans, your home crowd, it was awesome in the way we did it. I mean, that's... Ooh, I'll never forget that. That was that was remarkable because we were we all had our hand in it. Yeah, Bobby, you know, BJ, Scotty, myself, Scott Williams, um, Cliff Levingston. I mean, the second team, you know, the second team guys came in sixteen down going into the fourth quarter. Looked like it was over. Uh, you know, Phil was getting ready for Game Seven, and you know, all of a sudden. You know, that magic, the Navy SEALs we call ourselves. We were the Navy <laughs> SEALs. They just dropped us. We got deployed in the middle of the game, and then we found a way to come back and win the game. And then we get it to three, and then they bring in yeah. Superman back in the game. <laughs> he was over there cheerleading us on. He was cheering us Pom-poms. on the whole time. And then once we got it to three, they brought Superman back in to close the deal. We were a little upset with that, but <laughs> but we got a ring, so I'm not upset. Yeah, we'll talk a lot more about that particular night with Bobby Hansen when he joins us in just a few minutes. But first of all, speaking of superstars, I want to talk about uh, LeBron James speaking out about the All-Star game. You know, obviously with the pandemic going on, the assumption with a lot of NBA people was that there would not be a game. They would name the All-Star teams, but they wouldn't have a game. And now the League and the Players Association are talking about having the skills competitions and the game on March 7th in Atlanta. Atlanta, an area that's uh, kind of open for business, Stacy. So what, what's your whole take on that? LeBron spoke out. Some of the other big guys have said, this probably isn't a great idea to have a game. 
Well, I, I'm sure that when you, you, you know, if you took a census, I'm guarantee you that most of the players would not want to do it. No. Just the fact that you've had to deal with so much COVID games being missed this season. Um, you know, a lot of teams have been affected by it. And, you know, it's just one of those situations where it's like, you know, they're trying to get 72 games in. And, you know, to have an all-star game, a lot of these players, especially the bubble teams, especially the guys that went deep, didn't have a lot of rest. LeBron didn't have a lot of rest. And you got to remember, and he's played every game this year. 36 years old, playing every game. So, you know, he has a reason to be upset. A lot of these players have a reason to be upset. Do you think it might be because uh, in the bubble up folder, we put an article, TNT makes $30 million in ad revenue during the All-Star game? You know what, John? That's above my pay scale. But, okay, but, I, the I commissioner didn't call you. Yeah, but, he didn't call me. No, but but don't you also get the feeling that LeBron needs some external motivations these days? Remember back to the bubble, there were no fans. He didn't like that. We had this angry Karen incident, and now we have the All Star game, and the guy's playing out of his mind. They've won five straight. He had a triple double last night. Do you feel like he needs something? external that's michael yeah that's michael i I don't and that's kobe i I don't i don't think lebron is is built that way you know and it's not a bad thing i just don't think he's built like michael michael would use everything as motivation kobe would use everything as motivation there's probably some guys in the league that do that as well now i mean i could probably russell westbrook comes to mind as being a guy like that but there's not a lot of them you know, and LeBron, I don't think LeBron's one of them either. I think it comes down to the fact that LeBron understands what it's about. It's about winning championships. And if we're going to, if they're going to crowd in 72 games um, and, and, you know, these guys have a chance of catching COVID, missing games, he's about winning championships and, and extending his legacy to be one of the greatest, if not the greatest player in NBA history. And you got to remember, he's 36 years old. You just saw Tom Brady yesterday win his seventh you know, Super oh, yeah. Bowl, and you heard LeBron's comments about that. So that now is motivating LeBron. So external, yeah, it's that's that's the one thing I can actually say that externally, that's probably the one thing that's really motivating. Seeing Brady in his forties winning a championship, and now that football season is over, ABC has gone to doing the national TV games on Saturday nights, and the last week's game was Golden State against Dallas, and you're thinking, well, Dallas is off to a terrible start, and Clay Thompson is out. What a dud, but boy, we were treated to quite a show. Steph Curry with 57 points. Luka Doncic had 42. I'll tell you what, Steph Curry is so much fun to watch, and and even though he's on the wrong side of 30 now, this guy can get stuff done, Stace. You know what? And when you look at Golden State, you know, they took it on the chin last year. You know, they had all these injuries to their key players. They developed some younger players. You knew that Golden State was going to go out and get some players to get them back to where they need to be, even before, you know, Klay Thompson went down. I mean, they had Wiggins there already. Then you go out and you go get Kelly Oubre, who in the beginning, everybody was like, oh, Kelly Oubre can't shoot. He's struggling. Uh, he had a 40-point game, you know, last yeah, week. Did. And then he's starting to show you you know, what kind of player that Golden State thought they were getting when they got him. So, you know, at the same time, you know, Steph Curry is being doing Steph Curry things. You know, Draymond Green is back. They're a team legitimately you have to be concerned with if you're Denver, if you're the Lakers. I don't know if they have enough firepower to beat the Lakers, but with the way they shoot the basketball, they're in every game. But these other teams in the Western Conference, you know, Utah, no one's talking about how well they played. Utah went on like 11-game win streak. And they were really probably the hottest team in the NBA. You got Denver, who is I think is going to be there at the end. But Golden State is a team that people are really not talking about. 
Uh, speaking of uh, Denver and then getting back to Dallas, do you think that maybe Dantich and Jokic need some more help? Because is KP legit? I mean, you always talk about Batman and Robin. You know, Jokic is doing everything. He's the he's the MVP as far as you know. I'm concerned right now, but do they have enough? You know, and does Dantich? You know, he's supposed to be the leader there without. You know, Seth Curry's not there. I mean, do too many teams- Alfreds on those rosters. Yeah, not enough Robins. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. I, I really don't think. I mean, when it comes down to it, I, I don't think any of these teams have enough to beat the Lakers. I, I just don't. And I think the Lakers are going to wait till someone gets uh, in a situation where they're in a buyout situation and bring and and you know teams want to you know older players want to go places to win titles and they may grab somebody that we don't know about right now. But there's a chance that could happen. But I don't see anyone with the way the Lakers are constructed right now. I, I don't see a lot of teams that can play with them. Can it be happening? Could the Clippers do it? I, I don't think so. The Clippers are not the same Clippers as they were last year. You lose the sixth man of the year in Montrez Harrell. You got Lou Williams now. They're shopping. And he's not playing like Lou Williams. They're not the same team. The depth's not there. They don't have that, you know, those guys coming off the bench just going to give you 50 points off the bench every night. That's not there. So the Clippers are not the same team. You got Denver. You got a young player in Michael Porter Jr., Bowl Bowl. You know, they got rid of, you know, they got rid of Jeremy Grant, who's having an all-star season in Detroit. Uh, you got rid of, you know, um the Corey kid, Craig, um, or- the big kid, Miles uh, Plumley. And you got rid of him. And he 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 did so many good things for you off the bench. He was very similar to Jokic as far as the passing ability, the rebound. He could do a lot of those things in limited minutes, you know, 20, 24 minutes a game that were huge for Denver. So you lose those two guys and, and and you know, you still got Millsap. You still got some guys there. But those guys, some of those guys look older. Like they look like they're, there's not 100%. Will Barton, yeah. They don't look like they're 100%. So, you know, it, it's after the Lakers, it's kind of like, you know, who who is that number Utah. two team? Utah. I, I'm not a big Utah guy. I mean, I love Donovan Mitchell. I love the way he plays. I love the way their team plays. But I, I just think that the way they're presently constructed, they're going to run into a team like the Lakers that is just too talented. Because at the end of the day, when you look at Utah, you see Rudy Gobert. You see Donovan Mitchell. Donovan Mitchell stands out like a diamond. But what's after that? When you face the Lakers... Yeah. yeah, you got Ingles. You got yeah. you got you got LeBron James. Yeah, you got Boyan Bogdanovich, yeah. Mike Conley. Yeah. yeah, but those guys, those guys are not like they don't knock your socks off. They're right. not guys like you go. They're a number two guy. You know, when you look at the Lakers, you got you know Anthony Davis, who's a one A. You know, you're coming off with Schroeder, who now everybody now appreciates how good Dennis Schroeder is. Yeah, he's really good. Dennis Schroeder is a very good point guard and takes pressure off LeBron when LeBron goes to the bench. Now here's a guy who's like a 17, 18 point a game scorer. Wes Matthews. You know, you got some guys on that team, man. They got a nice squad. It and sounds that, like Taylor he's Horton. Taylor Horton. Uh, the Chicago kid, yeah. Tucker. Yes. Taylor Tucker. Horton Tucker. He's legit. Yep. It sounds like Stacy's been drinking my super Laker Kool-Aid. <laughs> oh my god. Right that we talked yeah, about a couple. It, it sure looks like LeBron's headed to championship number five. And then the question would be, will he catch MJ at six? Back in the Eastern Conference, looks like Milwaukee's figured some things out. They've won five games in a row. They beat the Denver Nuggets in Denver without their starting point guard, Drew Holiday, who was out. And Stacey, you know, they've changed that roster a lot in Milwaukee, really kind of revamped the second unit. Bobby Portis is doing a nice job coming off the bench. Is is that a team that they can get to the finals, or are you still like Brooklyn in the East? Every time I, I bet on Milwaukee, 
they just they just they hurt you. They just they find some way to lose because to me, and I like Boonholzer as a coach. I, I think he's good in the regular season. But when you get to the playoff situation, they don't seem to make adjustments like a team that's favored who was a number one seed. Yeah, and everybody's down on Giannis and, and, now. Yeah, I mean, do it in the playoffs. I mean, it's it's like, hey, you know what? In the regular season, he's running and ripping all over people. But in the playoffs, and it's not all his fault. You know, the shooters don't make shots. You got guys that you're paying to make shots to keep defenses honest off him. When you don't have it, I mean, he's he's forced to do things that he can't do because they're, they're, what they do in the playoffs, they back off and say, give him the three, give him the 18-footer. Mm-hmm. But don't let him get to the basket. And that's been like for the last five years. It's not like, oh, that was just last year. It's been even when we had Derrick Rose and he we played them, they took us to game seven with Michael Carter-Williams and all those guys. We did the same thing to Giannis back then. Just back off, give him the jumper, and, and he was clinking balls all over the place. Um, didn't it take Michael Jordan a few years to beat oh, Detroit? Oh didn't Detroit goodness. take a few years to beat oh, Boston? Didn't Toronto? Is there, a button, is there a button that says shut the hell up? <laughs> <Didn't>, <laughs> no, we're working on that. You need to listen. <laughs> I need to add that one. I need to didn't, add that one. Didn't Toronto suffer some bad losses oh. in the playoffs? Didn't Cleveland have some? It? Listen. Yeah, yeah, there you go, Rich. Hey, man. Hey, yeah. Man. Hey. Yeah. You see, see Stacy set up the Derrick Rose thing, and he just went trudging in oh. with, with something else. Oh, okay. Well, our guy Derrick Rose got traded right. back oh. with Tom Thibodeau okay. and the New York Knicks. <laughs> okay. Interesting that he's going to go there instead of a contending team, but oh. Tibbs always wants to win immediately. He thinks he can get to the Eastern Conference playoffs. they got a lot of point guards on that roster. How's Derrick going to fit in New York, do you think? Well, Derrick's going to fit nicely because Thibodeau's there, yeah. and, and Derrick still can play. I don't know where this, like, all these people think, oh, Derek Steele can't play. Because Derek comes off the bench, Derek chose to come off the bench. Okay, Derek Steele, Derek Rose, to me, is still a starter in this league on, on the majority of teams in this league. Okay, so when you see him go to New York, you got Elford, uh, Eldred, uh, what's his name? Alfred Alfred, Payton. Alfred Payton. Yeah. Okay, does he move the needle for you? Nope. Okay, now the one kid, quickly. Emmanuel Quickly, yeah. is really nice. You know, um, he doesn't play enough. Him and uh, him and the other kid, the um, Frank uh, Nealakina, Ob Toppin. Yeah. The, these rookies that they drafted are not playing a lot of minutes. Um, That's tips. And and so you know, <laughs> Derek is Derek's going to play probably thirty minutes a night. You know, whether it's coming off the bench or whether it's starting, he's gonna he's gonna impact the game. Update update from New York. Da, 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 da. Actually, I think it's in Miami. But <laughs> Derek Rose, ten points tonight, eleven minutes as we record this podcast. They're down two at halftime. Thanks for that update, John. Yeah, yeah John, way to go, that's man. John, update. way to bring something to the table. <laughs> it's a live update. He, came, he just came out no, with a live update. You know, that's Walter what you were saying, Conkite. though. You know, 10, dun, 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 dun. 11, you know, 10 points, 11 minutes, and three assists off the bench is production in my book. Tibbs will get it the is, best out of Derrick Rose. No question about it. And yeah. Derrick likes New York. Yeah. I mean, and the fans love Derrick. Derrick is still one of the most popular players in the NBA, and he's well-respected by every elite player in the NBA. Hey, let's talk about the Bulls a little bit. A mash unit once again. They lose their starting front court. Uh, Wendell Carter Jr., Lowry Markinen, Otto Porter Jr., all out. And they got beat by Washington where they were dominated in points in the paint. And that lack of size really showed up in that game. Yeah, you know, it's, it's you know, watching these games, you just want the Bulls to try to string together some consistency. 
You know, they they played. You had the Knicks in a in a two game series. You had Orlando in a two game series. Um, you had Washington early in the season, two game season, two game series. These are the games they have to win. Right. They have to win these games, and they're splitting them. And and when they're splitting them, the one game they play great. And then the next night they come out and, you know, they're not hitting shots or they're not moving the basketball like they were doing the night they won the game. You know, I've said this all along. When they move the basketball and everybody's touching it, you know, it's a beautiful thing to watch. They get a lot of easy buckets. They're they're diving to the basket. You know, we got Thadjik Johnson out there making all <laughs> kind of plays. Um, you know, there, there's a lot of consistency out there. But when they struggle is when the ball stops and it sticks in people's hands. And, you know, that's been one of the problems this year. Tough finish to the game uh, Tuesday night against the, uh, excuse me, Monday night against the Washington Wizards where they had a chance to tie it late. Zach Levine drives, and I think he was, I don't know if he was surprised that he got challenged at the rim, but he tried to veer off to the left and miss the layup. And, you know, when you look at that replay, if he just jumps into Alex Len, he's going to get the foul call there. Yeah, I mean, he, he's that type of player, you know, and he gets the respect. You know, I saw on Twitter people said he didn't get the respect of the officials, but I think in that situation – um, that lane was open for, it seemed like forever. It's like the parting of the Red Sea. Yeah, I mean, as soon as he turned that corner, I was like, oh, Zach's in there ready to dunk the basketball. Yeah. And then Lynn comes over, and then, you know, Zach's athleticism, he tried to jump around him. He thought he was fouled, but clearly on the video it doesn't show that right. he was fouled, at least the angles that we saw. Maybe he got clipped on the body. You Should know. have dunked on his head. But it, but I, I think in that situation, you've got to go through Alex Lynn. You've yeah. got to put the onus on the official and make him – Make that call. And if you don't get the call, then, you know, let the league sort it out and say, yeah, that was a foul at the end of the game. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But you got to you got to you got to try to go through him. You, you may not dunk on him, but make that official call that that foul at the end of the game. Aside from the injuries, the other big development over the week uh, was that it seems like Billy Donovan is losing a little bit of patience with his young point guard, Kobe White. He pulled him out early in the third quarter after Raul Neto drove for a couple of layups. And Kobe, it seems like when the shot's not falling, he hasn't scored in the first half of the last two games, kind of hangs his head a little bit and affects him in other areas. Well, he, he's going through some adversity right now. And, you know, he's he's got that mindset where he wants to do the right thing. You know, he, he doesn't know, he hasn't figured it out yet, in my opinion, you know, when to get other people involved and then when to take over when he needs to get his shot. He's a guy like Zach Levine. There are two players on this team that don't need you to run plays for them. They can get their shot anytime. They're very talented scoring. And next thing you know, if you if you saw, if you watched the game, the first the last two games, you know, in the first half, it's like 0 for 11. Yeah. You know, and Kobe's too good of a player to be 0 for 11. And I just think that he's got to get himself some easier buckets. The Bulls in general got to get out and run more in transition because if you watch the Orlando series, those two games, the one thing Orlando did well, and we commented on the game, is that they got back defensively and protected the paint. So when when they missed a shot or it was a turnover, they didn't jog back. I mean, they ran full speed back, protected the paint, which took you know layup opportunities and easy buckets away from the Bulls and forced them to have to execute offensively, and that's the reason why they got that that first win. What's interesting that you mentioned Orlando because there was an unforgettable moment during the first broadcast uh, of the of the opening game against the Orlando Magic. Finally, get some fans in the arena, and the Bulls were represented, leading to this uh, very interesting uh, exchange. Adam Amin and Stacey King spotted a Michael Jordan jersey in the crowd. 
That looks like an old jersey. That's uh, that, like, that, that, that might be. I'm a, not gonna lie. That that looks a little bit like look, the one that, 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 that you know, like, that like you like bought, you, that, bought that on the street street vendor maybe. Buy, like buy one get two free. You, hey, you want you want you want this oh. uh. Nyquil oh, Jordan uh, jersey. It's got ball. It's like it's like the Bulls are like it's like he might have made that at home. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding, big fella. Hey, where do we represent, brother? Where do we represent, baby? Where do we represent the Bulls? That sounds like a moment for the uh, Broadcasting Hall of Fame with Adam Levine <laughs> and our guy Stacy King. And you know what they say like in life, Stacy? Michael Jordan. <laughs> <laughs> Turnabout is fair play. And Mac has been such a good sport about the whole thing. You've taken care of him, made sure that uh, he and his lovely lady were taken care of. And they're kind enough to join us via Zoom from Orlando. Mac, what's it been like hearing from your friends that uh, Stacy and Adam called you out on the broadcast? It's, it's been amazing. <laughs> it's been amazing. So when you first heard it, Mac, what was your, what was your reaction? Because we saw it on TV and uh, Diane, your your girlfriend, she we saw that she read it first, and then she kind of passed it over to you because you had this serious look on your face, <laughs> like you was mad that the Bulls were losing, and then so she shows you, and then you started laughing. Absolutely, I I didn't get, I didn't know what she was laughing at because she she had the time of her life, and I'm like, you're supposed to be cheering on the Bulls and they're losing, and then she showed me, and I was, it was funny, it was hilarious. But the jersey's real. <laughs> <laughs> the hype is real, Stacy. Yeah, we. You know what? The, we at the time when we were looking at it, and uh, you know, it, it. You know, the way you were sitting, it. It kind of fooled us a little bit because I. I well, my first comment was, it looks like one of those old school jerseys, like you know that you know Jerry Sloan wore. Or, you know, Michael wore his first year or two in the league when they used to look like that. So that's what I assumed it was. And then uh, and then, then we started having a little fun with it. <laughs> well, what else is in the collection? I, I truly only have two authentic jerseys all together. I have um, that Michael Jordan jersey, and then I have a Brian Urlacher jersey. Now, so if you see me in any other jersey, those, those are fake. <laughs> but, that, one's real. that one's real so mac tell tell our listeners you know let give a little backstory about yourself where you're from uh how you became a bulls fan and uh you know what it's like being a bulls fan in, in ohio okay being a bulls fan in ohio is rough because they got that other guy from from ohio who, <laughs> who's kind of good too but growing up man um i've play, been playing basketball since i was three years old and my mom was a Bulls fan her whole life as well. So I got the earliest memories of me watching games is in our kitchen on a little TV. And I can remember the shot on Craig Elo and those type of things. And this, I was like, man, this team might be on to something. And I just latched on and never changed, never changed at all. It's hard, though, because Ohio is full of Cleveland fans. That's all there is in Ohio. So every now and again, I think I have my boy Daryl Allison. He's a, he's a Chicago Bulls fan. It's either Cavs or Lakers pretty much in Ohio, so it's, it's not that many of us. So Diane just got up and walked away. I thought she was going to come back with one of those bootleg jerseys. What's going on? <laughs> <laughs> it was the pizza guy. Sorry. Oh, okay. National, National pizza. Yeah. pizza day. <laughs> what kind of pizza did you order? We ordered from Giovanni's in Lake Mary. They're a little uh, kind of a hometown place. It's really good. Now, Max. Chicago pizza down here. But yeah. Oh. 
Hey, Max, <laughs> Stacy tells me that you are an aspiring uh, comedian. Tell us about your career. Oh, I've been doing comedy now for about three years. Still kind of getting my feet wet, but here in Orlando, the scene is so big and there's there's good comedians out here that took me under their wing, like Carmen Valone and Ken Miller. So just trying to just trying to blow up, man. Everybody starts reaching for that dream. And this helped out a lot. Is that why you relocated to to Orlando to, to get a better opportunities in the, the comedy field? Absolutely. In Ohio, where I lived at, I would drive three hours to do five minutes of material just to get on stage. So Maybe here you can go somewhere every night, 20, 30 minutes. And I have my girl with me. So I always got somebody who had my back, but it's a lot easier to get on stage here than it is in Ohio. Maybe you can share some of that material with King because his stuff gets a little tired every now and again. Oh, so, oh they, you know. wow. Wow. <laughs> you I think you wow. can do it. I think yeah. you can do it. Can you do know, it. this is coming from a guy that has no neck. <laughs> <laughs> and he just keeps talking. See what I'm talking uh, about, Max? It's not funny. His, chin, his not. chin is on his chest, Mac. I don't know how he can keep holding his head up. You think he learns lesson with the jersey. You know that? You think he would learn, no. Mac? No. Don't listen to him, Mac. There's always that guy in the background. Hey, you're in the house. Hey, in the house, that's him. He, he's that heckler. If you was on stage, Matt, he'd be the guy in the back saying, you suck! That's him. <laughs> See, but I would know that was going on and I would have something for him. Me too. Oh. Yeah, Matt, <laughs> Matt, I feel you on that. I have one of my boys back I, uh, there with him, and if he start talking, I get I, him. I know, a two-piece and it's not chicken. I know, I heard it before. No, no, okay. no, it's not two-piece and a chicken, all right? It's, it's a one-piece, the, the, the piece yeah. of hair that's off your yeah. head. Where's the other piece of hair? Okay? Okay. Forget the two piece. Where's the one okay. piece with right. the hair piece? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. See, he got me started, Mac. I, I told you I'm a comedian. You don't want to get none of this. You can do it. You can do it. <laughs> so now that you're in Orlando, are you are you going to go to when if the fan they allow fans to go back in the games? Are you were you just there to support the Bulls, or do you go opportunity to go to any of the games if they let you? I try to go to as many games as I can, but with my job, I'm a restaurant manager for Bonefish Grill in Longwood, Florida. Okay, and um. It yeah, just so happened great. my boss, Angie, gave me the night off to go to the game. Oh, wow. So that was just Shout by chance. Shout out to Angie. Able to yeah. go. Shout out to Angie. Best boss in Orlando, Florida. I wouldn't work for anybody else. She's awesome. That's awesome, man. And, and you know what? You, you left bad weather. Now you're in nice weather. What's the weather like down there right now? It's It's hot. <laughs> okay, that, that, that hurt right there, Mac. That that hurt. Before that little I, comment hurt. It's like minus five here in Chicago right now. Well, that hurt. Before I moved here, they don't tell you that though. They they don't tell. You, they say come to Florida is beautiful. They don't say it's it's hot every day. It rained for five minutes, and there's there's lizards everywhere. Yeah, it's like Jurassic Park out here. <laughs> Where's the laugh track? Oh my yeah. god! Give him a laugh track. Give the laugh track. Yeah. Oh, oh Rich, is, Rich is panicking over here. He's panicking. His fingers got short. He got short fingers. He got lizard fingers. Lizard. Hey, Matt, we appreciate you being such a great sport. I know that uh, Stacy and the Bulls are going to make sure that uh, you're repping and looking good next time the, the team heads down to Orlando. So thank you for joining us so much on Gimme the Hot Sauce, and enjoy the rest of the winter down in Orlando. Hey, Absolutely. and good, hey, good, hey, good luck on your career, man. I I know that you uh, you're really striving to to get to uh, to be the best you can be. Keep doing that, man, because you're gonna you're gonna blow up sooner than you think. 
Thank you. Thank you. I'm going to keep you updated too, man. We, hey, we, I follow you. You follow me. I follow you. So we're friends now, bud. So when I come to Orlando, I'm going to come to Bonefish Grill <laughs> and then I'm going to take you and out. I'm going to tell Angie, let you have a night off and I'm going to take you out to dinner. You and Diane. Hey, I'm going to hold you to that. She oh, gotta come. I'm a man of my word. Hey, <laughs> all right, all I'm right, a man of my word. It. Thank you, man. Thank you very much. Thanks for being on the show, guys. Yes, our thanks to Mac McClendon and Diane. And coming up next on Give Me the Hot Sauce, we're joined by Stacy's former teammate, Bobby Hansen. That's coming up straight ahead. We want to thank our sponsor, Bubble Up, the new way to visually organize any kind of content all in one place. Make sure to download the Bubble Up app. Now it's our pleasure to welcome in <laughs> one of Stacy's former teammates on the 1991-92 World Champion Chicago Bulls, the Pride, the Iowa Hawkeye, Bobby Hansen. Bobby, thanks for joining us today. So, Stacy, uh, twisted your arm to come on the show. Yeah, yeah, glad to be with you guys. I've been following him, no doubt about it. And uh, I had a little birthday recently that I got surprised with. Stacy was a huge part of the surprise video and. He made me cry, actually, to be honest with you. Shut wow. up! <laughs> Hear his voice, and yeah. So anyway, yeah, I had a milestone birthday back, and uh, he said, "Come on the show with me." I said, "I'd love to." So it was a bunch of your old teammates who did this video. Yeah, I got some guys from Utah. My uh, my oldest daughter and her husband they put it together in a sports cat. They're Chicago people. Yeah, sportscaster style. And uh, we had family, my sisters, and you know, neighbors, old neighbors, new neighbors here where we live. Uh, Coach McCaffrey, the mailman, John Stockton, Rich Kelly, Mark Eaton, Thurl Bailey from Utah days, Stacy, Bill Cartwright. Nice. Uh, yeah, it was awesome. It was awesome to see everybody and hear their voice. Yeah, his daughter Bailey, she reached out to me. Um, so I was like, what? Come on, you don't even got to ask me twice. <laughs> so I, I made the you, video. Man. She and loves you. Yeah. You know what? It, it was, you know, I mean, it was a milestone because he turned 75. And so, oh, oh, my man, Bobby, 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 75 is a new 60, baby. I'm just saying, you know, I'm just saying, you know, you know, so hit the laugh track, baby. Yeah, there you go. 75, I didn't even think about that. No, hey, I'm going to tell you, I'm going to tell you right now, Bobby, Bobby looks good. Bobby yeah, he looks, looks great. Bobby looks yeah. like he still got salad on his head, full head of hair. <laughs> still, still, every time I see him, he looks younger. I'm like, man, whatever you're using, if it's olive oil, Jergens, I don't know what you're using. Pass it on to me because he he looks really, Bud really Light. good. And look, he's Bud got light. Light. Oh, oh yeah, that's what it is. You're drinking <laughs> Stella, and he's uh, drinking light. I'm drinking Stella. Oh, there, you go. oh, there we go. Yeah, there we go. Pass it around. And, and Stacy, look, he's got that framed Pete Myers jersey behind him. Hey, hey, that's Bobby's jersey. That is Bobby's jersey. Pete stole it. That's Bobby's jersey. Okay. Yeah, that was was champagne soap. Yes. There you go. Yes. So, Bobby, let everybody know what you're doing now before we get into our Bulls Bulls talk. Uh, let the let the let our fans know what you're doing now, because you know I've heard a lot of people when I advertised that you were coming on, they were like, "Oh my God, oh I love Bobby." Oh, no, no. So let everybody know what you're doing now. Yeah, we're living uh, out here close to Iowa City. Uh, my wife and I uh, moved out here a couple of years ago. We decided we we're done with suburbia, and, and uh, we wanted to kind of be out on our own and and uh, you know survive, if you will. We're out here and um, got got eight acres and a pond and a bunch of trees and um, just loving life. Um, I've been whew, 29 years doing the Iowa radio uh, broadcast, 
with Gary Dolphin, 25 years. We're doing our 25th year this year. So that, that's been a great ride and being around young kids and the Hawkeyes. And uh, oh, for the past seven years, I've been the um, with the Better Business Bureau. Um, been around you know, for 100 and some years. And a friend of mine is the CEO back in Des Moines for Iowa and offered me this position to um, business development. It's evolved into now I'm the regional director for Eastern Iowa. Um, and we've been We've been hit pretty hard over here in Cedar Rapids in this area. We had that crazy windstorm, the derecho that came blowing through here on August 10th. And of course, with, with that, when that happens, the scammers come out, the, the bad actors, they just nail these people and just totally price gouged them, you know, $30,000 to take trees off your house. Oh, wow. Um, you know, yeah, hiring contractors that don't show up and do the work. So we chase them down. I don't, I don't do that dirty work. We have, we have a group that does that, but I listen and uh, I direct them in the right, right way. And uh, we've had our hands full here the last five months. So that's what I'm doing. I love it. I love helping people out. Bobby, looking back at your NBA career, of course, you had to play against uh, Michael Jordan and the Bulls. You had to guard Michael Jordan a number of times when you played with the Utah Jazz. When you first came here to Chicago, you were like the one new guy on that 91-92 team. What was that adjustment period like for you, especially dealing with some of the practices and some of the maniacal ways that uh, Jordan loved to compete? Yeah, it was awesome. Um, looking back, I was in uh, you know Utah seven years to uh, to be a part of that, building that with uh, with Carl and, and John and Mark Eaton and the guys. And then when you get traded, you know, not fun. Um, I didn't ask to be traded, but I was traded to Sacramento and, and uh, had a couple injuries out there. Got the surgeries to, to heal that and uh, uh, just wanted to get back to the Midwest. And um, I had a pretty good relationship with, Jer- with uh, Jerry Reynolds at Sacramento King General Manager. And they had just traded for Mitch Richmond. Right. So, you know, you've got an all-star, you got a young all-star at that two guard position. So I'm like, I got a year or two left in this body. And, and can you get me back somewhere in the Midwest? So he said that the Jerry Krause was out scouting, um, that they wanted to make a trade. And, uh, I asked him who they wanted to trade. And, and he had mentioned, they wanted to think about moving Dennis Hobson, who's a young guy wants to play, wasn't playing behind Michael. So I said, you know, he'd be great out here with these young guys. We had four first round draft picks. So, he said, you know, nobody wanted to deal with Jerry Krause. That's why teams just didn't <laughs> like to deal with him. And I'm like, would you please deal with him? <laughs> Jerry and I go back a long way. Um, he tried to trade for me back when they were putting that team together, um, you know, back in the early 80s. And, and I was a cheap, you know, nothing player in, in Utah. But he saw something. And, uh, you know, so he stayed after it and, uh, you know, and all that last dance stuff, you know, it seems like Jerry's getting pounded in there. Yeah. I, I got nothing but love for the guy to be honest with yeah. you. Yeah. Me you too. Know, he, Me too, Bobby. Yeah. Stacy. So I'm going to go on record right there saying, you know, Jerry, I, I, I totally appreciate what the man did. And, you know, he, he didn't, he didn't really talk to us once he got traded there, but <laughs> he just walked right by you and, you know, and kind of do his thing, but that that's okay. You know? He took a shot on me and uh, gave me an opportunity to uh, be a part of this world championship team. And I didn't really know a lot of the guys. I guess I knew I knew BJ from Iowa. Um, I knew Michael from the three-point contest. We were together down in Miami. So kind of knew, knew what's up there. Uh, knew Paxson, knew John. John and I are the same age. Knew Bill Cartwright. I didn't know Stacy. Uh, I knew Cliff Livingston from high school. We're the same age. Uh, Scotty Williams was all new. Haji I knew from back in our – uh, Olympic training center days. Haji, we were on the um, uh, uh, the junior national team. 
so some of them guys I was familiar with. After that, man, you were you were in hand to hand combat with uh, with Michael when you're playing him and playing for Jerry Sloan in Utah. You didn't get any help. The only Jordan rule we had was you better guard him. Uh, <laughs> <so>. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It didn't work out so well a lot of times. So now, you know, the doubles and triples would come, but that, but uh, yeah, to, to now be a part of this group, it, it's incredible. And, and I remember when I first walked in there, took the physical and walked in there. And the first guy I ran into was, was Michael walking out with the, uh, you know, he was very cool. You know, he said, welcome to Chicago. Now get rid of the shoes. I, I know what the hell he's talking about. So I looked down, I was wearing LA gear. I had a little contract with LA gear <laughs> and uh, so I took them off and got rid of them. And, uh, and I said, give me some shoes, Michael. So next day he had a half a dozen pair of size 13 Nikes. And uh, yeah, he was my shoe contract for the rest of that year. <laughs> Guys, I was just trying to make it to the next practice. I was just trying to make it to the next day. And, uh, yeah, it, it was a crazy time. I think we started out 0-2, didn't we? Yeah, Stacey we lost, that, our, we lost that, our first that few games, yeah. Yeah, it was, and then we went on a West – went to Boston, I think. Went to yep. the Boston Garden and participated, got to play in that one because Haji got hurt. Haji uh, hurt his knee early, so I had to hop in there and play him. I had no idea what the triangle offense was. Jerry Krause thought I did. He thought we ran it at Iowa. And I'm like, oh, yeah, we ran the triangle at Iowa. Yeah, do this, do that. So Paxson pulled me aside. Johnny did. And I'm studying with Tex Winter. I'm looking at this on the airplane, and I have no idea. It, it's Chinese to me. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I'm uh, – uh, Pax pulled me aside. I said, don't worry about that. He's like, you're not going to be in there very long to have to know all these plays and all these intricate sideline plays and that. Just know this one one rule. When Jordan gives you the ball and gives you that look, don't miss. He said, I'm like, why is that? He said, he said you will never get it back if you miss that first one. <laughs> yeah. so Boston Garden, here it comes in the corner. He makes that pass and gives you that look, and uh, I shot it, and thank goodness it went in, and Michael was like, yeah, man, way to go. And, and I felt like I was a part of the team. At that point, Scotty was, was was happy and Horace and everybody, and everybody was happy for you. Uh, and I think we won that one, Stacy. And then we went west, and I think we, we went 8-0 out west, and, and we were off to the races. So when you, when you look back on that team and you look at all the stuff that we went through that year, give a little behind the scenes of your experience, being the new guy, you know, the practice, what were the practices like, what were traveling on the plane like when we were on the MGM Grand Air, you know, the the the, the nice plane that they don't use anymore. Um, but that was one of the <laughs> nice. I run into that plane, Stacey. I was in the NASCAR world. Oh. And one of the uh, NASCAR team, Jack Roush, I think, bought one of them planes. Really? Yeah, they travel around. I thought, I know that airplane. I was down in Dallas at a race one. Man, time, that's but. one of the nicest planes that we've ever, ever been on. It's like flying in a hotel. We sat up and, yeah, we sat up in first class and watched Bruce Lee movies. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We, we, had, we had a blast, man. I mean, when you know, we've had Scott Williams, Bill Cartwright, and the stories that, that that the fans get to hear from the guys who were actually there, you know, they the people really get a kick out of it because they want to know, you know, what was it like for that person, that individual to be on that particular team? Yeah, it was yeah, for me, you know, being in Utah, we were building something. You guys were the champions. So now I I just wanted to fit in. I just wanted to find a role. Uh and my role basically was to practice, to to come in and practice hard. Uh, Jordan's going to try to wear you out in practice, but you can't back down. You got to battle him. You got to fight him in there. So that, that was kind of my role. And, and like I said, Haji got hurt. So I had to 
hop in there and play a few minutes. You're not going to play a lot of minutes in that, but happened to make some shots and uh, did some okay things. And, and then when Haji came back healthy, then, you know, everybody's roles reversed. But again, I was just trying to be a part of it and stick around and uh, get to, get to the finish, get to the playoffs. And through all that, Phil Jackson was a big help. Um, I knew Phil, Rich Kelly is a dear friend of mine. Rich and Phil were teammates, I think in, in New Jersey, maybe even roommates at the time. So there was a camaraderie there, but, uh, you know, Phil was, Phil was, was, was encouraging, uh, but would let you know where you stood on the team. Um, let you know that you better be ready here. Cause I'm going to, I'm going to put you in here in, in, in this, uh, series that happened to be the, the Portland series, uh, toward the end of that. So I said, all right, I'll be ready. Be ready to go. So, uh, he was true to his word and, uh, we did some damage and, uh, we danced on the scorer's table. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Stacy talked about that at the start of the show and he's told us that he got the feeling, you know, Phil was given all his credit for the great strategic adjustment to bring the bench in in the fourth quarter. He said, Phil was like looking ahead to game seven. He's like, you guys just don't embarrass yeah. yourselves out there. And, <laughs> and all of a sudden you knock down a three and the lead starts shrinking and Stacy made some big plays. And, and all he of a sudden it. it's, it's a ball game again. Take us through the mentality as that quarter began. Did you, did you feel like you guys could come back and win or what was going through your head at that point? Uh, try to make something happen, Mark. Um, we were down, watch Stacy 15. Jordan wasn't playing very well and Stacy's on the bench he's yelling down at Phil get him out of there get him. he's terrible that's a true story wow I'm like what the heck he's yelling at Phil Jackson get him out of there Phil at the quarter breaks oh my god you weren't supposed to tell everybody that that's wow that's a true story though <laughs> and uh, so Phil listens to Stacy and he like start pointing at us. All right, you go in, you go in, you go in. And I'm like, who do you want? He said, going for MJ. Uh, yeah, I got some. I'm like, all right, Michael, grab some Gatorade, dude. You're out. And he mumbled something, and, and uh, here we go. We go out there and we started up. Scotty was our man. Scotty was the leader of that second group, and uh, so we had the ball and we're, we're we're going down the other end there at the, you know, at the uh, stadium. Ball comes around to me, right? Danny Ainge, I think, leaves me to chase Scotty or something, and BJ makes a nice extra pass to the corner. And I had shot a basketball since halftime, right? Warming up. So I'm just like, please, ball, go in. And uh, it went in. It twisted, and uh, we were down 12, and Portland was talking uh, smack behind me there, and I told him, take it out of the net. We're going that way. Ran down. They had a layup. Jerome Kersey had a layup and uh, stole the ball from him, threw it up to Pip, I think, and he dunked it. And we went from 15 to 10 really fast. And the place was going bananas, the old stadium. They were ready to come down. And uh, we come, they call a timeout. And I come to the, we, we come to the bench and everybody's happy. Horace is happy. You know, way to go. Michael's like, yeah, way to go, way to go. And I'm like, get back in there. Get back in there, Michael. Take us home. And he said, no. He said, no, you guys are doing it. Yeah, you stay in there and keep going. Keep going. So Phil sits us down and uh, I'm hyperventilating like I am now. <laughs> I can't catch my breath. Place is going nuts. My mom and dad are there. My wife is there. And the kids didn't happen to be there. They were really little, but buddies were there and Everybody comes back to their seats because they were leaving. That was a Sunday night, mm -hmm. getting ready for game seven, as, as Stacy said. So Phil sits us down. He says, all right, all right, you guys, you did your job. You did good. And he looks me right in the eye, Stacy, and says, now don't F it up. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, 
okay, that's advice I live with now. <laughs> Pass on to my children. If you do something good, don't mess it up. So uh, we went from there. Stacy got hot right after that. I remember passing it into him, and he ran over Duckworth, got a basket, got another one. Scotty Williams was phenomenal. Uh, Pippen, BJ, everybody was good. And then a couple timeouts later, finally, uh, we get to like six, I think, Stacy, six or eight points, and Michael – He's got some Gatorade for me, and he's like, all right, man, I'll take it from here. Uh, <laughs> nice job. So I'm like, all right, I can relax now. I know he's going to take us home. That's awesome. Hey, I, I tell you what, though, you know, when me and Scott Williams was talking about it, we we knew we knew that, you know, the look and feel's eyes are like, let's, all right, let's just get ready for game seven, guys. <laughs> just go out there and play hard. But the one thing he knew about us, Bobby, that second group, is that we played hard. And that's yeah. one of the reasons why that team was so good because – there was ultra competitive practices. I mean, we're getting a chance to go against the best player, the two best players at their position every single day. I'm going up against Bill Cartwright every single day. You know, you're going up against Michael and, and Paxson. And, and so we're all helping each other develop. And so when we got in that game and we're playing against Portland starters, you know, there was no fear. You know, I tell people there was, we that's basketball. We all come from, yeah. you know, backgrounds where we were the man, you know, whether it be in high school, college. So that that moment didn't really mess with us. We just went out there and hooped. Yeah, it, it, and you just did your job too, Stacy. You didn't try to do anybody else's job, but you're helping each other on defense and and you had your youth and exuberance of you and and, and Scotty Williams and BJ out there and, and and Piff, like I said, he liked to take control of that second team. And then uh, we had, remember our practices, Stacy. We played three on three, full court. Yeah, I mean we had intense. You know, them other guys wouldn't wouldn't practice the starting five, but we'd have to go out there. So you know, we had we, we had prepared for it, and uh, it all played out in the end. And and uh, certainly glad it did. Bobby, how many times do you have people ask you about memories of that? I mean, I know you were living in the Chicago area for a while. What what's that been like for you when the fan would come up and want you to recount those stories? Does it ever get old, or or is it fun every no. time you re- to tell a story again? Yeah, no, it's like catching that big old fish, you know. It never gets old. It might get bigger, too, as, as the years go on. But, um, yeah, to be connected to a team, to these guys, Stacy, you know, we're almost 30 years later, um, sitting here looking at Stacy King. And if I run into any of those guys, you know, I see Paxson every now and then, BJ on the road, saw Michael down in Illinois when his kid was playing with the Illini. So you have that connection. And I, I didn't really ever have that you know, in any other NBA team, maybe Utah a little bit when we battled the Lakers to a seven game series, I don't know, 88 or 89. I can't remember, but yeah, now you're connected by, by a championship with, with these guys that, that I'm proud to call brothers. How, how awesome is it for you, Bobby, to, when you, when you talk about your basketball career, uh, all the great players in the hall of fame players and coaches you no. played for get, tell the fans about that. Yeah, Stacy. You know, I, I was lucky enough. My freshman year at Iowa, we went to the Final Four. Uh, Ronnie Lester was our star player, drafted by the Chicago Bulls. Uh, unfortunately, had bad knee um, and couldn't play a whole lot in the NBA. Got a lot of rings with with the Lakers and went out there to be a great executive. But yeah, to start with Lute Olson, who was a national coach of the year. Then we lost Lute this past summer, just yeah. as you lost Coach Tubbs. Yeah. Uh, this past year, we're losing these Hall of Famers. Um, you know, and then Frank Layden, who drafted me in Utah. Um, I consider him a Hall of Famer. He was a, a Red Arbach Coach of the Year that year, my my rookie year. We won the Midwest Division, and you got to remember, Utah hadn't done anything up yeah. to that point. We did have the leading scorer in the league, Adrian Dantley. Uh, he got healthy, but uh, for the most part, you know, Utah was was a cellar dweller. Um, but then they draft John Stockton, 
um, as a backup to Ricky Green, Chicago guy. They quickly realized John was not going to be a backup, that he was a starter. So Ricky was traded. I think Ricky went to Boston. John takes over. The next year they draft Carl Malone, and uh, they draft the mailman. I remember I was at Wrigley Field before cell phones, and I called back, and my dad, I'm like, who would we draft? He said, you got what, just what you guys need. You got the mailman. You got Carl Malone. So when I first met him, he drove up in his big old jacked up pickup truck and uh, just a, the nicest guy and, and uh, just a wonderful guy, but uh, hard worker. And, you know, we, we sort of grew together. They had Mark Deaton who's a defensive force shot blocker back then. Uh, Thurl Bailey w- was around there. We moved some parts in and out of there, but um, yeah, those are hall of fame guys right there. And then uh, Jerry Sloan, Jerry was our, was our coach in Utah, you know, and uh, his, Jersey's up in the rafters at the United Center up there. So he taught me a lot about about playing defense and and uh, you know what you got to do to survive in this league. He's a Hall of Famer in my book. Uh, and then you get to Chicago, man. You got the greatest of all time and Michael and he had number two right there, Scotty and, and uh, Hall of Famer and Phil Jackson. So everybody on that team to me is a Hall of Famer. Um, the way I was was accepted and, and treated in there. It's never easy, but uh, when you had leadership like Phil had, I, I think he made it a lot easier. Frank Layden was a lot of fun. Uh, he was a big hit with the media. Told a lot of had a good a lot of good one liners that he would share and stuff. Was was he that way as a coach, or, or was he more serious when it came to the to the uh, X's and O's of basketball? Frank was was, was uh, he was he was serious, but he didn't like drawing up plays. You know, he he, he did like somebody else can draw plays on the chalkboard. He he was a motivator. Oh. He motivated you with playing time. Uh, the jersey, you know, your jersey's not guaranteed. Your money might be guaranteed, but your jersey's not. But Frank, uh, Frank took a liking to me and, and uh, was very good to me. He was president, general manager, and, and the head coach. You know, again, we were a team before Larry Miller that uh, was on the verge of being uh, – we were going to move to Vegas. I think they were going to move the team for a little while or consolidate Denver and Utah together, but you never knew. But um, Frank was national – or he was a uh, NBA coach of the year. We won that Midwest division. And um, just a very funny man. One of the funniest stories, Frank Wayne, we're playing the Lakers on a Friday night in, in Salt Lake at the old Salt Palace and do the starting lineups. Teams are getting ready. And here comes Morgana, the kissing band. Right. Yeah. Come running across. The, <laughs> Don't get too excited. <laughs> yeah, a couple of security guards that you can probably find the video, a couple of security guards chasing her. She gets over to Frank and he turns around and, and, uh, she plants a big kiss right on his cheek and just big old red lipstick, right? Frank doesn't know what to do. He he does like a 360 and feigns like a heart attack. <laughs> it was the funniest thing I've ever seen a, a coach do. But um, yeah, and Frank always, you know, the Lakers in Utah always had a had a, had a rivalry. And, and one of my better moments was Garden Magic to seven games. And they killed us in game one in LA. And uh, so the media is all over Frank and he's telling them, we don't have a chance. You know, we, we, you know, they're going to just destroy us. And I don't even know why we're going to play the game. So we're kind of upset because we could see him over there having a good time with the LA media. And uh, he comes into the huddle and says, all right, we're practicing Loyola Marymount. So we, you know, it's like, okay, um, we got them right where we want them. I just told them all, we don't, they, we don't have a chance. They're going to come out and, and think they can steamroll. And we beat them the next two games. All of a sudden we were up and got to go into game seven. And, and we had a little bit of a chance, but we didn't have much of a chance in game seven. 
Now, now, now you're doing Iowa Hawkeye basketball games, and you're you're seeing this this resurgence in the Big Ten as far even with COVID. I mean, they've got so many talented teams that you know have a chance to to play deep in the NCAA tournament. You know, give us a little insight of what's going on in the Big Ten. Like, who should we be watching out for when we do our pools? <laughs> that's yeah. right. Doing your doing your brackets, right? Yeah, yeah that's yeah. almost there. Yeah, there's a lot of them, Stace. Uh, Michigan's sitting up top right now, but they're in a little bit of a COVID pause. Um, they should be back the 14th of February. Um, they're right there at 8-1. and one. And after that, Ohio State is number four in the country. They're playing really good. A little bit undersized, but they got great guards. Um, let's see. You got uh, I mentioned Ohio State. You got Wisconsin. You got Iowa. Purdue is playing well as uh, right now and then anybody at the bottom stacy that's the hard part is you could go to penn state and them guys compete man and if you're not yeah. ready uh you're, you're gonna take a loss just like iowa dropped two recently to indiana they're they're in toward the bottom of the of the big 10 but every night man everybody's got uh, great players everybody's got great coaches young coaches out there and uh, iowa you know we were picked for pretty high here in the uh, preseason stuff and We've lost four or five right now, but the chance of the next few games to, to rattle off some victories and hopefully it starts tomorrow night. But they got a chance because we got the national player of the year, Luca Garza. Garza is a big guy that can step out and shoot. He's a tireless worker. Uh, he's always in the gym. Good kid. Came back for his, his uh, final year, his senior year. He's up for all these awards, senior class award, the Naismith Award, the Wooden Award, all those. So watch out for the Hawkeyes. No, no doubt about it. We got to get healthy, though. We got shooters. We we can surround Luca with four guys that can all make three point shots. You forgot the Fighting Illini. They're up to number six. This I did week. forget the Fighting Illini. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, they're they're tough. Io Dosumu and Kofi Coburn are, are amazing, and they got good role players. Trent Frazier uh, always likes to take the big shot. So uh, yeah, again, we we went down there. We only see them one time. We got this crazy unbalanced schedule. We don't have the the uh, complete round robin, and now with with the virus. Uh, pause with a few of these teams. They're going to have to jam in a lot of games here at the end. Can anybody beat Gonzaga? They look awfully tough. Saw them in, uh, when did we see them? In middle of December. They had just come off a, a virus break where they were traveling all over the country. And then we caught them up at uh, Sioux Falls, South Dakota. So they, they got, they got, I think, one of the best players in, in the draft next year, a freshman named Jalen Suggs. Yeah, he's good. A young, yeah, a young guy out of St. Paul, Minnesota. He was a better football quarterback what they're saying but he, he had twisted his ankle a little bit but yeah he, he's they're gonna be tough to beat I'd lo- I told Stockton I'd love to see Gonzaga you know in, in the uh, elite eight or, or final four see him again um, they don't have a lot of size inside but they're constantly moving uh, they got an x-factor Joel Ayayi plays a lot like Pippen he gets these these offensive rebounds he steals the ball he's always making plays but uh, it's Suggs and uh, Corey Kispert, the shooter outside, one of the best shooters in America. Timmy inside, more like a, uh, like like Wennington, I guess. Bill Wennington, he plays on the outside to give our people a a, a, a visual of what uh, uh, Drew Timmy is. But uh, yeah, they they've got it all. Baylor's guards are amazing. Uh, Stacy can speak to them being a Big Twelve guy, but they they play tough defense, man. M three guards lock you down in the half court. So those two, and then I think the field's open. Don't sleep on my Sooners, baby. Don't sleep on the Sooners, baby. 12 in the nation. No, who they beat? Alabama? I saw that game. Yeah, they beat Alabama, baby. We're beating everybody. We beat Kansas. We beat Texas. All the teams that's ranked. We're just stamping on everybody in the Big 12 right now. 
Maybe we do an Iowa-Oklahoma Elite Eight game again back in. I don't know if we got anybody for Garza, man. And speaking of Garza, it, it, how do you look at his pro prospect? I mean, do you do with the way the game is They're now? They're talking about him as a second round pick. That, that's what I can't believe because you know I, I still believe in this game, Bobby. You still can have low post scoring. I, I don't. I don't yep. know why it's not, but I, I believe at the NBA level, at some point, people are going to go back to that. At some point, because you got guys out there shooting threes that are shooting twenty nine percent. I mean, Stevie yeah. Wonder was shooting better than some of these guys. <laughs> and seriously, I mean, everybody's trying to be a three point shooter, and some guys are not three point shooters. And I, I would like to see the post game brought back where we see it in the playoffs. We see it, the game becomes slower in the playoffs, and then the post play is more, you know, more you know relevant then. But during the regular season, it's, yeah. it's running gun. Stacy. Um- I would say define pro because he's going to make money at the game. His mother is Croatian national. So he has, I think dual citizenship. So he'll go over to Europe if nothing else, but he wants to play in the NBA. He's committed to that. Um, last year, Mark, he was not even on anybody's draft board. I yeah. mean, he was second to Obi Toppin as national player of the year yet somewhere, you know, and you get labeled in the NBA. It's, okay. He's not an NBA guy. Well, you know, what's an NBA guy, an NBA guy works his butt off every single minute and that's Luca Garza. Luca Garza is in the gym and the scouts that I see along the way, they ask about him and I'm like, you want a Luca Garza on your team. He is not leaving that gym before, you know, he has got his thousand shots up and he's done his running and he's really, you know, stretches the floor now. He, he's not just a low post score. He's got that Sigma move, turn and face and, and knock down that mid-range shot or drag you out to uh, to the three-point line and make shots. He, he's a He's a good free throw shooter. He just doesn't is not gifted with natural uh, uh, speed and, and lateral quickness. So he's always working on that. But he is going to put his head down and chug it down the court and, and try to beat you down the court to that low block. And then he's going to put a pounding on you when you try to guard him. He's got he's got 10 different moves in there and he always keeps his pivot foot down. He's not one of these guys that travels when he when he makes a move. So, yeah, it, definitely a place for Luka Garza in the NBA. Well, I'll tell you what, after the NCAA tournament was canceled last year, we can't wait to see the excitement of March once again, and Bobby and the Hawkeyes will be involved. Bobby, it was great catching up with you, your stories about with Stacey King and dancing on the scorer's table at the old Chicago <laughs> Stadium. Oh, I love it. Wish we could go back there tomorrow. <laughs> oh, you ain't lying. Boy, the way these legs feel right now, Bobby. Ooh. Oh, Lord. Uh, Father Time's undefeated, baby. Undefeated. There you go. Just stay upright, my man. Yeah, trying to. Trying to. Hey, bud, thanks for coming on the show, big dog. You're welcome. Anytime. Tell everybody hello, please. Will do. That's our special guest, Bobby Hansen. Coming up next, we go off the wall on Gimme the Hot Sauce. We had a ton of fun catching up with Bobby Hansen. I'll tell you one thing that was not a whole lot of fun was watching the Super Bowl on Sunday. Watch out for those bottles. They'll they'll break on the glass table. (laughs) Is You're getting it live and unfiltered. Is there a cutoff over there? Last call. Uh, the Stella, last call. <laughs> Closing time. Oh, my God. Way to go, Rex. The Super Bowl, you, you build it up for two weeks. Everyone's talking about the matchup of the great quarterback, Tom Brady, the GOAT, the greatest of all time against the uh, the new star, and it didn't work out. I mean, Stacy, I know you had Tampa Bay, so you hit that prediction, but, boy, that wasn't a lot of fun to watch that game. TB12, baby. TB, <laughs> TB12. I called it. I told you. Don't bet against Tom Brady and Destiny and just trying to win seven Super Bowls. He's a Destiny. It was Destiny that he won. 
and not taking anything away from Pat Mahomes, but their defense was atrocious. Yeah. For a Super Bowl caliber team, it was atrocious. They couldn't stop the run. They they got killed with screen passes in the beginning of the game that really they weren't even prepared for. And then Tyra, Tyra, uh, Matthew, what's his name? Matthew, Tyra, uh, the honey badger, honey, Tyra, the honey badger, yeah. talking trash to Tom Brady. Yeah. Did not you not? Idea. I mean, it's like talking trash to Michael Jordan. You're going to get killed. Don't say anything. Just say, great job, Mr. Brady. Thank you, sir. Can I have another? You just, just don't talk trash to him. It's going to end badly. And it did. And during the season, it looked like Rob Gronkowski could barely run. And then he gets two touchdown passes in the Super Bowl. Gronk knew how to get himself open in the end zone. Slow down there, Mark. It was like five yards. Okay, it was, it was like he ran for fifty. He, he still looks. He still looks like he's. He, he's not the old Gronk, but he got two touchdowns in the Super Bowl. But Tom Brady goes to his boy. Yeah. He knew, like in the big moment, I'm going to my man Gronk. I don't care what the situation is. I'm going to him. I think it was interesting is that in the NFC Championship game, Aaron Rodgers missed a couple of wide open receivers, and that game could have been a little bit different, but Mahomes never really threatened him downfield. Their defense totally took control of that game. I don't think anybody realized how good Tampa Bay's defense has yeah. been in the last couple of years, not just this year. Okay, Tom Brady, we're giving Tom Brady a lot of credit. I think he only threw for 201 yards, okay? The defense should have been MVP, okay? You go back to last year when Jameis Winston was the quarterback. The guy throws 50 touchdowns and like 30 interceptions. Yeah. Okay. Tom Brady's looking at that situation and going, if I want to go somewhere, I don't want to go out West because if I go out West in the AFC, I got to fight the chiefs all the time to try to get to the Super Bowl. They're a young upcoming team. So why go out there? I'm going to have to compete against other, you know, um, AFC teams, the, the Pittsburgh Steelers, possibly uh, no one knew Buffalo was going to be the way they are, but Buffalo is a team now that you got to, you got to put on the radar. Oh yeah, sure. So, so in the, in the NFC, the NFC East is terrible, so you don't have to worry about them. It's New Orleans, Green Bay, which it, and, and Seattle. Seattle could be a team. But, you know, those two teams that they had to go through, they had to go on the road to get to the Super Bowl, and everybody was talking, well, they're playing the Super Bowl at home. Do you know how hard it is just to get to the Super Bowl at home? You had to go through, you know, you had to go through Drew Brees Three in MVPs. New Orleans. Yes. Aaron Rodgers. All, all and Aaron Rodgers all, in Green Bay. Weren't they all road games, right? Yeah, yeah they were all road teams. games. Yeah, and then he kicked his family out of his house. When he finally got to be a home game, he kicked his family out. Talk about you know preparing and setting the tone in the locker room. He kicks Giselle and his family out because he wants to be ready to go, <laughs> well, right? Well, so, well, Southside Susan said that happens at her house a lot. And we're not even getting ready for a Super Bowl. She kicks you out. You don't kick her out. You get, you know, hey, uh, you missed the spot, honey, why she's uh, shoveling the driveway. Yeah, we know her. We know her. You get kicked out, buddy. Speaking yeah. of missing a spot, uh, the, the, big, uh, the big story after Super Bowl was a little um, – Wardrobe malfunction for uh, broadcaster Tony Romo. I'm going to tell you something. Now, you, you've had to hurry off to the yeah. bathroom at halftime of games. Uh, uh, no. Astronaut, <laughs> astronaut, hey, listen. Hey, listen. I'm just going to tell you right now. Tony Romo just I, – I, here's one piece of advice. Did he not advice. get the memo? No, here's the one piece of advice I'm going to give to Tony Romo. Okay? Invest in astronaut diapers. Okay? The astronaut diaper – 
You can pretty much do whatever you need in an astronaut diaper. There's been people travel across the country <laughs> in a car and not stop one you, time to go to the bathroom. No names mentioned. Do you have I'm to go to NASA to buy those? Or no, what, I, I what don't do know. You listen, when you're, listen, you're Tony Romo. You, you got enough money to go to NASA and say, hey, listen, I need a size extra large. Uh, diapers, you know, astronaut diapers, because I'm on TV and uh, something happened, and I don't want that to happen again. How about, okay? how about just a pair of dark pants yeah. and a jacket that fits? Oh, that's a novel concept. And, and how about the director like pushes in a little bit? Like what? I, I, I was really blown away because I didn't even notice it because I don't have my eyes down there. Okay, so I'm just gonna throw that out there first. My eyes are not down below the belt. You're the only one so, who didn't so, see it. So I'm the only one who didn't see it. You know, John saw it. Tim called it out. Well, because I thought he Rich, should start selling advertising. Rewinding the live feed so we could see it over and yeah. over again. Some people were rewinding it over and over and over. Let me slow it down. Watch this angle. Like I'm like. I thought okay. he had too many Coronas. It's time for Avatar. I, I, I don't know what happened. All I know is it just didn't look good on television. I'm gonna tell. I'm gonna say this about Tony. Maybe he dropped some some water. Maybe he spilt a little uh, taco oh. sauce or something on his pants and he tried to wipe it sriracha. off. You know, yeah, Stacey, sriracha. I'm, I'm wondering Give me the hot sauce, Tony. I'm kind of wondering if this has happened to you in the past because no. you're awful no. defensive. No. Because I'm, I'm, I'm only, because Tony Romo is my guy. I like Tony Romo. He's I funny. I do too. And, and I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt. You know, I mean, like I said, I wouldn't have noticed it if some people wouldn't have called me and texted me and showed me a hundred texts about it and shown me pictures of it. I thought it was a joke at first. I'm like, what is this? What is this? What is this sweat spot? What are we looking at here? Hey, at least halftime was entertaining. Oh, doesn't matter if you shake, wiggle, and dance. Sometimes you leave a few drops in your pants. <laughs> There he is. Timmy Whispers. Timmy Whispers. Oh, hey, Timmy Whispers, come through. Get the crowd up there. Get them hyped. Wow. Wow. Uh, you know, Tony Roma's an accomplished golfer, but everywhere he goes to play golf with his buddies this summer, it's all he's going to hear. Oh, yeah. He's not going to live that nope. one down. I mean, 17 million a year is going to make him feel okay, I think. Yeah, I guess I think so. it'd be all right. The internet is undefeated. That's yeah. all I'm going to say. <laughs> yeah. If you do anything, there is someone there to catch it. It doesn't matter what it is. You think you got away. No one's going to see this. And then someone sees it. What's the chances he does a Depends commercial for next oh, year? No. <laughs> wow. Wow. Romo pads. Come on, poor Tony. <laughs> oh, my God. Can you do it back-to-back -back after his Corona commercial, but, right? But, but. Too many Coronas? Yeah. Hey, all I say, just invest in some astronaut diapers. You could just, you could be sitting there doing a live broadcast, just letting it go. <laughs> no one even know. And now the, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Tom Brady, is really doing a great job. No one even knows that you're doing it because you got astronaut diapers on. So you just let it go. Keep talking to Jim Nash. Jim, they're going to run this place. Jim, they're going to run this play here. Now watch right here. They're going to run it. Sweep to the sweep to the left. And then Jim will say, Tony, are you all right? Tony, yes, I'm great. Everything's great. I'm, I'm just, I see Tom Brady going to get his seventh time. Poor Tony. Yeah. Mm. I, I'm Tony. It wasn't me, man. Well, what else can you say? I, it it wasn't Tony. me, Tony. I didn't, I'm not. I'm gonna assume that he spilled some water. I'm that, not gonna go there. That's just the number one, right? On those things. <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, I, I will say that the astronaut divers are for real. Yeah. <laughs>
Okay, y'all sit here and laugh. I, I play. Listen, I play. I play video games all the time. You know, and my friends, my friends are on the video game, right? And so somebody will say, "Hey, somebody will say, hey man, hold hold it right now. We can't do this mission right now. I gotta go to the bathroom." I'm like, yo, man, you gotta get some astronaut diapers. <laughs> you, you can't just be, you can't be messing up missions because you gotta go to the bathroom. You should know these things when you sit down to play a video game with your partners, and we are in a war game. We need all hands on deck. We can't be having somebody just disappear, and and then our whole team goes down. Seal Team Six goes down because somebody are you didn't wearing them now? diapers. There it is. Are you wearing them now? Hey, I'm not gonna tell you right now. Stacy hasn't taken a bathroom break. No, Bingo. All I'm gonna say is, oh all, all I'm gonna say is, I don't, I don't, I don't particularly own a pair of astronaut diapers. Oh, no. Uh, but if I had to, if I had to, and they work as good as that John said they do, oh. then I would definitely get me a pair. Another, Thank you, John. Another potential sponsor for the Give Me the Hot Sauce podcast yes, has walked out the. <laughs> hey, it's a long ride back to Wisconsin. <laughs> That's why we call this segment Off the Wall. Rapid Fire is next. We'll talk about the quarterback shuffle around the NFL when we return. If we return. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. All right, oh, you're going to spit my drink out. Stay hot. Stay hot. Here you we go. Spot? Stay oh. hot. <laughs> oh, my God. All right, we tiled everybody off. We're, we're ready to go again, and we'll, we'll keep it in the National Football League. And a lot of Bears fans were outraged when the rumors hit over the weekend that they might trade multiple picks to get Carson Wentz from the Philadelphia Eagles. Stacy, haven't they learned their lesson already? They traded up to get Mitchell Trubisky. Now they're going to give a, a boatload of picks to get a rehab project in Carson Wentz? Oh, man. Maybe a couple of years ago, Carson Wentz. You know, when he was close to being the MVP, yeah. that that I could see it then, but not right now. I mean, I mean, I, I I was just thinking about that. I was like, what what does he bring? The problem is not at the quarterback position. You need a better offensive line. Absolutely. Okay, yeah. address that issue before you worry about the quarterback. You can listen. You can put anybody back there as long as they're protected. Their line is terrible. They can't run the ball. They can't, they, you know, Mitch Trubisky is running for his life. Foles can't run for his life. He's just got sacked all the time. Address the offensive line issues and and go from there. And and, and if you really want to get into the quarterback sweepstakes, go get Deshaun Watson. You know, make a package, put a package. I don't know if they could afford him, but at least get in the talk. Like, hey, we put some put a package together. Yeah, money talks too. So they're going to have to spend money to get offensive linemen, man, because they don't come cheap. And I don't see that happening. Yeah, how about Russell Wilson on Tuesday saying that they can't protect him and he's tired of getting hit, kind of setting the stage for them. Maybe he'll ask for a trade as well. This NFL's gone crazy. We yeah. could have half the league changing. I mean, we've seen the Bears linked to Carson Wentz. We've heard about them possibly going after Sam Darnold, who's been a bust with the New York Jets. They've been linked to Derek Carr, the Raiders. I mean, we, we could see this quarterback shuffle like we've never seen before in the history of the league. I, I mean, Russell Wilson's a tremendous player, but I don't remember him complaining when he signed that huge contract. Right. Like, there is a cap. You know, I mean, you talked about Brady in the last segment. He always took less in New England. I mean, you have to have 51 guys in the team, and you need linemen. So I'm not sure what Russell Wilson, you know, maybe stay in the pocket a little bit longer. But, I mean, you you know, you take a huge contract and now you want out. I mean, you know, it's like Aaron Rodgers, a little different story, but he wants, you know, he got the long-term contract. Now he's towards the end of the contract. Now he wants some security. It's just, that's not the way the NFL is structured. 
the co- contracts are not structured like that. Yeah, know? I'll be interested to see if any of these big name quarterbacks get traded because the cap hit makes it almost prohibitive. If Carson Wentz gets traded from the Philadelphia Eagles, they're going to have something like $33 million in dead cap space, and they're almost willing to do that to let Jalen Hurts take over a quarterback. So very strange times around the league. Well, and you look at like Dallas Cowboys are having a hard time signing, you know, Dak Prescott. You know, you, you see that, you know, they're probably going to franchise tag him again. Uh, they haven't been able to come with some kind of agreement. So there could be a lot of different quarterback shuffles. You know, and like I said, you know, with the Bears, I mean, if you address your offensive line and then get an get a, an offensive coordinator that can work with Trubisky, you know, don't give up on this kid. The kid was a, was a first-round pick. Don't give up on him because I have a feeling he'll go somewhere else and do well. But if you really want, if you really want to go out after somebody and maybe not have to give up a lot, how about Marcus Mariota? That's with the Raiders right now, who still can play. Yeah, very much so. Still play at a high level. You saw what he did when he came in when Carr was hurt and played really well. He's healthy. You may not have to give up a lot for him. How about going out and make a move and bring him here? Well, the scary thing about that is that's a quarterback that Ryan Pace liked coming out of the draft. So. You worry about that right away. His track record on quarterbacks isn't all that good. <laughs> well, maybe he should uh, pass that on to someone else. I don't know. But get a guru. Uh, but you can't. You can't give. In my opinion, I just don't think you give up on Trubisky. I think you put the weapons around him where he can succeed, and that he doesn't have to put the pressure on himself to do everything. You know, running around trying to make a play because the line is not. You know, they're not healthy, and they got you know guys in there that probably. You know, or probably second or third tier guys, and and you know, and and then, you know, protect them with a running game. Get them somebody that can actually move the change. You know, here's a guy like Leonard Fournette that gets cut. How does everybody else let this guy go? And Tampa Bay was able to get him. I know Tom Brady had a lot to do with him coming there, but the fact that the Jacksonville Jaguars just cut him, an elite back in this uh, league. You, it wasn't like he was old and he was you know whatever. They cut him. Any team could have picked him up off waivers. Yeah. And no one picked him up. Tampa Bay was the only one that really showed any interest in him. He ends up ended up there being a big part of them winning the Super Bowl. I think he had like 90 yards rushing, had over 100 and something total yards. And then they got the other kid, the, the starter, uh, Jones. Yeah. Uh, and he's a he's in a, a nice very back. nice back. So you got two power running backs that are that can catch the ball in the backfield. They gave Tom Brady another weapon yeah plus the offensive line their center you know signed a huge deal so i mean they're built to run they're built to protect the quarterback like you said king it's a perfect mix for tom brady not to mention getting gronk out of retirement and antonio brown and he told the coach look i'll take don't worry about antonio brown you know and that's that's what he does and that's what like lebron does in basketball like you said guys want to play with lebron and and uh it's leadership just, it's yeah. all it's all leadership yeah. You listen to every one of those Tampa Bay, um, you know, Buccaneers that was there before Brady, yep. and saying what it's like to be in the locker room with this guy. Yeah, you know, it's like everyone just gravitates to him. Everybody wants to know, you know, what he's doing, how he prepares, and they saw it firsthand. And that was a team. Like, I guess when they beat the Packers, one of the linemen was crying because it was a big moment that they're going to the Super Bowl. And then Tom Brady said, "You know what? You know what the f are you crying for?" We still got another game. Yeah, right. You know, right. and and this is a guy's first time going to the Super Bowl. Yeah. So Tom's been there like eleventh with 10, 10, 11 times. 10. So it's like old news for him. It's like putting on a pair, you know, of pants every day for him. It's that simple. Well, think about it. He's been in the league twenty one years. Is it twenty one? He's Brady. Won, 
Yeah, 21, 20. He's won seven Super Bowls. So the third of the time he's been in the league, he's won a Super Bowl. Not to mention he's been in 10, which is half of the time the Super Bowl. It just, it just boggles. It's just crazy numbers. You know, and you're absolutely right. I think it was White who didn't make the Pro Bowl, and Brady says, you're going to get to a bowl. I'm going to take you to the Super Bowl. So. And then and then Bruce Aarons, you know, who, who's one of the most likable coaches in the NFL. You know, um, getting Bears an could add him too. Yeah, having and he wanted to come here. Yeah, they hired he, Mark. He Tressman wanted instead. to come here. And they hired. They Mark, hired who? Who was <laughs> yeah, exactly. that name? Tressman. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. Oh. Riverdale. Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> Riverdale. Riverdale. Tressman. Oh my goodness. Well, now but, that we brought everybody down, yes. it's time for another Stella, Stella, and then we're gonna we're gonna take you on the download. We know that Stacy King loves movies. We'll talk about some. He's excited to see when we return. All right, we toweled everybody off. We're, we're ready to go again, and we'll, we'll keep it in the National Football League. And a lot of Bears fans were outraged when the rumors hit over the weekend that they might trade multiple picks to get Carson Wentz from the Philadelphia Eagles. Stacy, haven't they learned their lesson already? They traded up to get Mitchell Trubisky. Now they're going to give a, a boatload of picks to get a rehab project in Carson Wentz? Oh, man. Maybe a couple of years ago, Carson Wentz. You know, when he was close to being the MVP, yeah. that that I could see it then, but not right now. I mean, I mean, I, I I was just thinking about that. I was like, what what does he bring? The problem is not at the quarterback position. You need a better offensive line. Absolutely. Okay, yeah. address that issue before you worry about the quarterback. You can listen. You can put anybody back there as long as they're protected. Their line is terrible. They can't run the ball. They can't, they, you know, Mitch Trubisky is running for his life. Foles can't run for his life. He's just got sacked all the time. Address the offensive line issues and and go from there. And and, and if you really want to get into the quarterback sweepstakes, go get Deshaun Watson. You know, make a package, put a package. I don't know if they could afford him, but at least get in the talk. Like, hey, we put, some, put a package together. Yeah, money talks too. So they're going to have to spend money to get offensive linemen, man, because they don't come cheap. And I don't see that happening. Yeah, how about Russell Wilson on Tuesday saying that they can't protect him and he's tired of getting hit, kind of setting the stage for them. Maybe he'll ask for a trade as well. This NFL's gone crazy. We yeah. could have half the league changing. I mean, we've seen the Bears linked to Carson Wentz. We've heard about them possibly going after Sam Darnold, who's been a bust with the New York Jets. They've been linked to Derek Carr, the Raiders. I mean, we, we could see this quarterback shuffle like we've never seen before in the history of the league. I, I mean, Russell Wilson's a tremendous player, but I don't remember him complaining when he signed that huge contract. Right. Like, there is a cap. You know, I mean, you talked about Brady in the last segment. He always took less in New England. I mean, you have to have 51 guys in the team, and you need linemen. So I'm not sure what Russell Wilson, you know, maybe stay in the pocket a little bit longer. But, I mean, you you know, you take a huge contract and now you want out. I mean, you know, it's like Aaron Rodgers, a little different story, but he wants, you know, he got the long-term contract. Now he's towards the end of the contract. Now he wants some security. It's just, that's not the way the NFL is structured. The contracts are not structured like that. Yeah, I'll be interested to see if any of these big-name quarterbacks get traded because the cap hit makes it almost prohibitive. If Carson Wentz gets traded from the Philadelphia Eagles, they're going to have something like $33 million in dead cap space, and they're almost willing to do that to let Jalen Hurts take over a quarterback. So very strange times around the league. Well, and you look at, like, Dallas Cowboys are having a hard time signing, you know, Dak Prescott. You know, you you see that, you know, they're probably going to franchise tag him again. Uh, they haven't been able to come with some kind of agreement. So there could be a lot of different quarterback shuffles. You know, and like I said, you know, with the Bears, I mean, if you address your offensive line and then get an get a, an offensive coordinator 
that can work with Trubisky. You know, don't give up on this kid. The kid was a, was a first-round pick. Don't give up on him because I have a feeling he'll go somewhere else and do well. But if you really want, if you really want to go out after somebody and maybe not have to give up a lot, how about Marcus Mariota? That's with the Raiders right now, who still can play. Yeah, very much so. Still play at a high level. You saw what he did when he came in when Carr was hurt and played really well. He's healthy. You may not have to give up a lot for him. How about going out and make a move and bring him here? Well, the scary thing about that is that's a quarterback that Ryan Pace liked coming out of the draft. So you worry about that right away. His track record on quarterbacks isn't all that good. <laughs> well, maybe he should uh, pass that on to someone else. I don't know. But <laughs> get a guru. Uh, but you can't. You can't give. In my opinion, I just don't think you give up on Trubisky. I think you put the weapons around him where he can succeed, and that he doesn't have to put the pressure on himself to do everything. You know, running around trying to make a play because the line is not, you know, they're not healthy and they got, you know, guys in there that probably, you know, are probably second or third tier guys. And, and you know, and, and then, you know, protect them with a running game. Get them somebody that can actually move the change. You know, here's a guy like Leonard Fournette that gets cut. How does everybody else let this guy go? And Tampa Bay was able to get him. I know Tom Brady had a lot to do with him coming there, but the fact that the Jacksonville Jaguars just cut him. An elite back in this uh, league. You, it wasn't like he was old and he was, you know, whatever. They cut him. Any team could have picked him up off waivers. Yeah. And no one picked him up. Tampa Bay was the only one that really showed any interest in him. He ends up ended up there being a big part of them winning the Super Bowl. I think he had like 90 yards rushing, had over 100 and something total yards. And then they got the other kid, the, the starter, uh, Jones. Yeah. Uh, and he's a, he's a, a nice very guy. nice back. So you got two power running backs that are that can catch the ball in the backfield that gave Tom Brady another weapon. Yeah, plus the offensive line their center you know signed a huge deal. So I mean, they're built to run, they're built to protect the quarterback. Like you said King, it's a perfect mix for Tom Brady not to mention getting Gronk out of retirement and Antonio Brown and he told the coach, "Look, I'll take don't worry about Antonio Brown." You know, and that's that's what he does, and that's what like LeBron does in basketball. Like you said, guys want to play with LeBron, and and uh, it's leadership. Just, it's yeah. all it's all leadership. Yeah. You listen to every one of those Tampa Bay, um, you know, Buccaneers that was there before Brady. Yep. and saying what it's like to be in the locker room with this guy. Yeah, you know, it's like everyone just gravitates to him. Everybody wants to know, you know, what he's doing, how he prepares, and they saw it firsthand. And that was a team. I, I guess when they beat the Packers, one of the linemen was crying because it was a big moment that they're going to the Super Bowl. And then Tom Brady said, "You know what? You know what the f are you crying for? We still got another game." Yeah, right. You know, right. and and this is a guy's first time going to the Super Bowl. Yeah. So Tom's been there like eleventh with ten, eleven times. 10. So. It's like old news for him. It's like putting on a pair, you know, of pants every day for him. It's that simple. Well, think about it. He's been in the league 21 years. Is it 21? He's won, Yeah, 21, 20. He's won seven Super Bowls. So the third of the time he's been in the league, he's won a Super Bowl. Not to mention he's been in 10, which is half of the time in the Super Bowl. It just it just boggles. It's just crazy numbers. You know, and you're absolutely right. I think it was White who didn't make the Pro Bowl, and Brady says, you're going to get to a bowl. I'm going to take you to the Super Bowl. So. And then, and then Bruce Aarons, you know, who, who's one of the most likable coaches in the NFL, you know, um, getting Bears an could add him too. Yeah, having and he wanted to come here. Yeah, they hired he, Mark. He Tressman wanted instead. to come here. And they hired. They Mark, hired who? Who was yeah, exactly. who's that name? Tressman. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. Oh. Riverdale. Oh no. 
<laughs> Riverdale, Riverdale, Trasman. Oh my goodness! Well, now but, that we brought everybody down, yes. it's time for another Stella, Stella, and then we're gonna we're gonna take you on the download. We know that Stacy King loves movies. We'll talk about some. He's excited to see when we return. Stella. Oh, we're loving that as we hit the end of episode 15 of Give Me the Hot Sauce. Time for On the Down Low. You know, Stacey, we were going to start with uh, man code violations, but I think Tony Romo took care of that in the earlier segment. Yeah, that was definitely a man code <laughs> violation by Tony Romo. Hey, we know you're a big fan of, uh, of television and movie projects, and there's some uh, projects coming out this uh, spring and summer you're looking forward to, Stace. Well, the first project, I've got some Haribo coffee <laughs> uh, colas that I have now. That's my first project. Uh, yeah, I want right. another bag of that. Uh, but on the real, on the down low, I'm looking forward to a new movie. I'm sure everyone saw the preview. King Kong versus Godzilla. <laughs> I am looking forward to that. Who, who are you rooting fan. for in that? Kong! Okay. Gonna, no, one's, no, no one's gonna root for a lizard. <laughs> I want Kong to win, man. Kong was the growing up, Kong was the man. Uh-huh. I'm not gonna no. Godzilla, I hated Godzilla. Because Kong got the girl? Or <laughs> I'm lost in words right now. I'm lost in words with your comments, okay? That's Kong, right? No, Kong, Kong, yeah, Kong did get the girl, but it, I don't know. In today's society, it would be, you know, it would be looked upon as like, it'd be bad. Kong, Kong took the girl. This he is the him. podcast, Stacey, not the Bulls broadcast. Wow. <laughs> Southside is attacking me. <laughs> Southside's attacking me. You mean it's like making fun of a guy wearing an old Bulls jersey? <laughs> Oh man! Wow! It's like Benny Benny the Bull having a toupee on that looks like John's. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you called Benny out in the last. Did you see it though? Okay, let me ask you a question. Let me ask you a question. Seriously, all seriousness, all seriousness. Did you know Benny the Bull was ball headed? No, I had no idea. I mean, I I was sitting there watching him. He was doing the weekend. He was doing the weekend skit. he's, He's arguably the best. Mascot in the game is one of the best, probably the best dancer. So he's doing the weekend halftime show and he's putting the tape on his face, you know. And I'm sitting there watching. I'm like, oh man, he's doing the weekend tape, da da da. Then all of a sudden, he ripped his hairpiece off, <laughs> and he was bald. And I was like, I I said, wait a minute, is that a toupee? Benny the Bull's bald headed. And 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 then Adam was like. Well, I didn't know that either. <laughs> and I said, you learn something new every every Bulls game. Where's the scream button right now? Oh, man. And then, so he's got a unibrow. You know, he's got a unibrow. So I, I said, I wonder if he can pull that off, too. Bald and a unibrow. Yeah, but that's, that's what I'm saying. And then, he te- and, then, and then Benny texts me. He texts me. Hold on. I'm, I'm going to find a Benny Bull. Go that's stuff with those big fingers, too. <laughs> while while, while Stacy's trying to find that, John, I know you were talking about you were excited about a movie with Bob Odenkirk, the Chicago native, is going to be in. Um, I'm going to defer to Tim. All right. He's a, he's a big Jimmy. Bob. O- I'm going to let him handle well, that's, that one. That's Better Call Saul. Where he, right. He always played kind of a pansy in his last two yeah, movies. Yeah, but he's series. not going to do in this movie. Yeah, now he's a uh, former auditor who's going to go out and kick some ass. He's a family man. Someone broke Beep. into his house. And uh, now he's doesn't like people basically chiding him for not standing up for himself. Back to the television. That sounds show. really good. <laughs> <laughs> it does. we got to see the preview. Yeah, he's good. Where he yeah. empties the gun on a bus with a bunch of mobsters on it and uh, says, I'm going to F you up. And uh, they start laughing at him. And then I'll, mayhem pursues. I'll but. throw that trailer in the bubble up folder. Oh, yeah. It's good. It's good stuff. 
you know, last week we talked about the the project that was coming out on ESPN, the Thirty for Thirty with Al Davis and Pete Rozelle, and I, I saw some of it yesterday. Really bad. Yeah. I mean, they, they start off. <laughs> wow. No, I mean, no, I'm with them. They start off with this technology the where they, they put a that face. Deep fake. Fake. It could I have mean, been a half an hour shorter. Okay. It, it and it didn't need. There's plenty. There's enough material without them there's, acting like they're still alive. There's plenty of material. Al that Davis. Creepy. Yeah. Go, and and if they needed a guy to voice Al Davis. There's nobody better than, than John Walls. Because John Walls. Oh, my God. Is, hey, King, it's all about the block and oh, taco. Oh, my So, goodness. anyways, yeah, I was disappointed. Was it was it was creepy. I, I, I don't need that. In, yeah. uh, maybe the ending, they could have come together. But there was plenty enough material. I ain't going to lie. I changed the channel. I was disappointed. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't, I, I, it wasn't I was, good. I mean, and, and 30 for 30 is, is normally pretty yeah. good. Yeah. I mean, they really are good. And so I, I was really disappointed in that, and I, I just changed the channel. But there was great moments. The criminal element, Jack Tatum. I mean, it, yeah, he, the real stuff was fun. He, that's yeah. all you needed. But having those guys fake, he, right, you, know, you didn't like, need that. I couldn't even watch them. Every time the fake guys yeah. came on, I looked away. And then they like had weird. Roselle smoking a cigarette. What oh, was that? Yeah. They tried too hard. You know, sometimes yeah, sometimes yeah. you just got to let the story tell Do itself, and they have enough actual material from Do their fights from that their that would have been good enough. Yeah, well, and they just they could have just shown game footage and behind yeah. the scenes, you know, with Madden, you know, and and, yeah. and the practice sessions and the games, you know, I, I would have really loved to see that, and then you know, filtering out uh, Al Davis in. But well, uh, well just, how about how about you have some former players talk about Al in the third person? Yeah. Opposed to those deep fake guys. Yeah. I mean, they, they missed the mark on that one. Very disappointed. Like, it just seems like they were like, hey, come here. Let me ask you a question. Do you look like Al Davis? <laughs> yeah, he looks like Al Davis. Let's yeah. get him in here. And, and, yeah. and I, I didn't, I love the stadium. It's unbelievable in Vegas, but Al Davis never really spent any time. Right. Yeah. So it's so out of context. Let's just keep it to Oakland and LA and Irwindale. I have all the cities he ripped off and that was he ripped off. Yeah. Wow. Well, they did show wow. the gravel pit in Irwindale. So oh, that, that was nice. I, that happened. That's for real. He took 10 million from Irwindale. John is a, John is a rogue agent, ladies and gentlemen. So Mark Davis, that's his son name, right? Mark. Yeah. So Mark Davis comes after the give me the hot sauce podcast. John hey. is a rogue agent. Hey, Mark, hey, Mark Davis used to drive around in a white Lamborghini in the nineties and had the muff. Uh, and now he's running the team. But l- let me just leave you with one story. I worked for the Raiders. You cut his head. Ran into. I, I was in. I was in the library one time. They had this special room where we kept all the newspaper clippings. Was there a tub there? And Al comes in, and he sits down. He starts leafing through old articles and we're talking about the 80s and the 83 team and i looked at him i said well what happened after that and i swear to you he looked right at me and he went cocaine <laughs> wow explain his hair john can you explain his current hairdo it, it, well there was it's you know there's a little there's a lot going on there it's a little bit of the you know the pompadour you know he, he had a, a special brush that he had save it for when we camp. go youtube you know, sure, oh. I can I can replicate it. But yeah, oh, wow. yeah. He thought it was. He thought he looked good, man. He had mirrors in his in his uh, condo in in, in uh, Marin Del Rey. It was all mirrors. So he lo- he loved the look. He loved the he look. loved the look. He loved his look, man. Oh wow, oh, wow. With a sling, we got a singlet with the oil <laughs> and a tub. <laughs> looking, hey, he, you hey. see him in there? Hey, just win, baby. Oh man, do you guys uh, like any of the commercials from Super Bowl Sunday? Anything stand out for you? The boss was in there. 
Bruce Springsteen yeah, yeah, made his first his commercial. Old Jeep, actually his Jeep. Yeah. And uh, how about uh, Alexa? I like the Jason Alexander one with the hoodie. Give little, me back my face. A little yeah. weird with the, yeah, some of the little, things yeah, when the, they were sitting on it and stuff. Yeah. Remind me of breaking it the man code been Al at the Davis's gym. Face. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That was, yeah, that was breaking the man code. Yeah. Will Ferrell was pretty good. Yeah, yeah I like that the one. Ad where he caught the arrow. Yeah. How about Drake Norway. from State Farm? Very good. Yeah, yeah, mm, no? I liked it. Drake? Uh, no, I didn't like it too much. <laughs> Michael B. Jordan as Alexa? I, now, now, yeah, I like I that. Like That's that pretty one. cool. That's kind of like me. Yeah. That's me. How what about, part? Uh, I'll be that guy. What part? Is, I'm the Alexa guy. Oh, but you, it wasn't me the with that. I'm, I'm, Michael, I'm Michael B. Jordan. That's me. <laughs> okay. With the blue eyes. And I'm, I'm telling, I, you know, I'm, I'm that guy in the hot tub. Yeah. You, yeah, you would be the guy, the husband. <laughs> You'd be like, hey, hey, what are you doing in here? Well, how are your Doritos with Ashton No, Kutcher? hey, listen, the Doritos, yeah. Because it wasn't Cool Ranch or what was wrong? You got to have Cool Ranch, man. I told you. you Otherwise, they smell like feet. You can't get the one that smell like feet. And listeners, if you're out there, listeners. Open up a bag and see what you Go buy the nacho cheese Doritos and close your eyes and open them up. And I guarantee you'll be like, whose feet are these? Please take your socks off. Go wash your feet. There goes another sponsor. Oh, another sponsor. Uh, I'm sorry, Doritos. I'm a cool ranch man myself. Did, did you happen to catch? I know that you're up on the world of boxing and all the. You know, did you happen to see this uh, rowdy, rough and rowdy thirteen with uh, Jose Canseco? Did you get to watch the clip? Oh, it was man. only ten seconds. It was so. only ten seconds. <laughs> and I, you remember, and that, remember that photo of him cowering in the corner yeah. was oh. not good. Come on, man. That's that's you a know, meme. I, yeah, you, know, you know the Rocky video where where you know Apollo Creed gets killed by the the Russian, right? Yeah. And then his trainer goes, "Throw in the damn towel." <laughs> that's what I was saying. <laughs> Throw in the damn towel. What was he doing there? Come on, I, I, listen, man. His times got that bad. Yeah, I mean, I, you're, yeah, you're, getting, him, yeah. you're getting beat by what the was, intern. You're not getting beat by like. First I mean, of all, he wasn't even wearing boxing trunks. <sighs> he was wearing like spandex. Like what? Uh, right? Oh, uh, he was wearing. He was wearing. He was like, covered Lulu, up. Lululemon. <laughs> <laughs> That's what he was wearing, and uh, didn't it wasn't a good look. <laughs> you can't get beat up with Lululemon on. You might as well just put on some sweatpants, man. Those just are words to live pants. by. And yeah. also words to end the podcast <laughs> with. Sorry, Lululemon. We lost another sponsor. <laughs> hey, we want to thank Bobby Hansen for joining us. We want to thank our guy Mac and his lady Diane. They were fantastic. Mac and Diane. <laughs> and we want to thank most of all you for listening. Make sure to listen and subscribe. A new episode coming up every week on Give Me the Hot Sauce Podcast. Stacy, time to go home. Nationwide is on <laughs> your side. Woo! My gosh. Uh, Mackle Jordan. <laughs> <laughs> Mackle Jordan. <laughs> Stop, man. Okay.